0: Hey, this is John Amos, and they say it ain't easy being green. Are you ready? Can't win. The New York Jets. We'll meet day in the world, and I think we're going to win
1: next Sunday. Being green. The New York Jets. I think Jet Jeff 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 fans. Jet fans. Bird! Brady Bird! He's very passionate. Bird! Brady
0: Thank you, all you fans. They got their guys. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. Darnold. I think
1: Jet fans. Very passionate.
0: Brady, Brady. sucks! Don't be the show! Don't be the Don't believe it!
2: Everybody and welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Putnam Bowen, New York. My name is Keith Farrell. I am joined, as always, by my colleague and co-host, none other than the biggest jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Lagaris. Everyone, what's up, everybody? Hope everyone's safe. Yeah, and you know who else we got back with us this week, everyone? The number one. Favorite NFL analyst in the podcasting game today, former Division I tight end, majestic beast, big stinking wookie, Nicholas Kronk. What's going on, everybody? Buckle up. Yeah, we're linked back up here, guys. Still coronavirus, still pandemic, so we're not. And me and Wookie are not together. We're together at Crystal Lake Studios still because you got to be safe. We should still be safe for a little while. We're almost out of the woods, guys. Let's not take our foot off the pedal yet. Last week's episode, Mike was a little different for us. We got a lot of uh, a lot of really positive reactions from people on Twitter and in our personal life. We do appreciate it. We appreciate our boys jumping on with us, Spotty and and CJ. Man, that was that was great. Uh, I think the conversation was good. I hope it, I hope people enjoyed it. And that all you can do is you know just kind of speak whatever it is that your truth is as a human being so a lot of people responded really positively to it Mike and that's cool if people didn't like what we have to say man I respect your opinion totally understand it did seem Mike, most people enjoyed the episode
3: yeah they did and I thought it was really important and sometimes you just have to use your platform you have to use the resources that you have under your control to try to um, focus in on the problems at hand and, um, and sometimes it may be uncomfortable. Sometimes it may not be something people want to hear or want to talk about, but sometimes it's needed. And I thought that that episode was needed and I thought it was done very well. So I'm very proud. And happy to have done that
2: with you. And now we land back here firmly with our feet planted in the Jet Universe, Mike. And what do we get this week? What gets thrown upon us? This Jamal Adams situation, which seemed like it was just your run-of-the-mill contract situation, negotiation, the regular banter that goes back and forth. We've seen this forever. It took a different turn today. Specifically today, it took a different turn with Jamal Adams with him listing literally... You know, saying, maybe I need to get out of here. Here's the teams that I would be want to be traded to. Cowboys being one of those teams. Texans, Chiefs, Eagles, a couple other teams on there. 49ers. Mike, this definitely took a much more serious turn today, it seems. And, you know, you and I went back and forth about it today. I'm going to give everyone kind of my opinion on Jamal. Mike, what what is your feelings right now? I want to hear what the Wook thinks, too. The whole situation with Jamal. I mean, do you think it's still because of him? It's an overblown situation, or do you think we've hit a critical area here with Jamal and the Jets, and we really, really need to be concerned?
3: I'm just pissed off, man. I'm just pissed off, dude. It just, you know, my team never fails that um, there's always some sort of BS going on with this damn team. You know, I've I've had it up to here with this, man. Like, of all the times for this crap to break now in June, late June, amid a pandemic, probably when nothing is going on. Jet fans, NFL fans, you know, sports fans are looking for any, any piece of news to jump on. You know, that's why podcasts do well when they come out with really good content because people are just eating it up because there's nothing out there. And you... Mr. Adams decide to drop this right now, because now this is the story leading ESPN. This is the story leading Bleacher Report. This is the story leading the New York Post and the sports section. This is everything everyone wants to talk about, and it has to be with the Jets as the frontline circus
0: that it always is, that it always is. I'ma tell you why I'm I'm mad, you know what I'm saying? saying. I'ma tell you why I'm mad. Doesn't matter if we drafted one of the best safeties or players in the world, finally, there's always something happening. You're not going anywhere, Jamal. Nowhere. You have no leverage. Zero. So just do what you gotta do, man. You're gonna get paid. The general manager came out and said, You are going to be a Jet for Life. We want you to be a Jet for Life. If you have problems, keep it in-house. Why do you have to voice it all over social media for everybody to eat up? Because it just makes you, makes us a circus. That's what we're trying to get away from. And you just single-handedly put us back in that realm. And you're supposed to be a leader. How do you think Jet... Young Jets, look at you now. When you say, hey, I don't mind uh, going to these teams and I don't need to have a contract extension. But you're demanding one from the Jets. What kind of leader is that? Trying to change the culture on this team. It's really all about you. You don't really want to be a Jet. You're just putting up a facade. Trying to act like you're something that you're not. You're a great player, and we want you to be a Jet forever. But this type of stuff, we don't need it right now. And now I got to hear Stephen A. Smith and all these idiots talk about my team just as the circus they are because of this BS. You're a third-year player. You're a great player. You're a pro bowl player. You're a leader on the field. Be a leader in the locker room. Be a leader in the offseason. Shut your mouth. And do your job. It's ridiculous.
2: You heard the man, people. Mike's fired up. Mike's fired it, up. Yeah. And, 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 you know, Mike, I, I wasn't, you know, I don't know if it struck me the same way that it struck you, but I, the way, the way this has all been going, even previous weeks, Jamal Adams has had some things to say. I should say, the previous months, he said some things about wanting to get paid. Of course, you're going to say that when you're Jamal Adams, when you're someone that feels like you're underpaid. But this is the thing, I guess. To me, I don't understand is that if you're, you know, he's going into his fourth year of a five-year deal, so he has two years left on his deal. I understand players can say, "Well, GM could say anything." They might be completely lying to me. Um, the right. the history of the NFL with the the leverage that teams have in opposed to what the leverage that players have, it's not necessarily a fair situation because a team can cut you anytime you want. So I, the players already, oh, the players always feel like they're negotiating uphill. They always feel like that mentally at all times, but. When you come into this season, I've always looked at Jamal Adams, Mike, and Wook. I've always looked at him up till, you know, say maybe the most recent time. And I'm not saying it's changed my opinion that much, but I've seen him as such a good leader on the field and... Off the field, that's what I've seen from Jamal Adams. So far as his character, the things that he said, the ways the way that he plays, intelligent on the field. easy. I know um, off the field recently some immaturity when it comes ma- to me at least immaturity when it comes to maybe letting your emotions out for the world to see. When this is somebody that has such a high level job, you're such a high profile person. I'll never understand that. I'm much I'm, I'm much older than Jamal Adams. It might be an, uh, an age difference there. That's the white reason I don't get it. Okay, um, that's fine. Darrell Revis when he held out. You know, he ended up getting what he wanted. That ended up going to almost the first week of the season, right? Remember remember back when Emmett Smith held out back in the day? Um he actually didn't play for the first couple games with the Cowboys. You guys remember that? That was yep. that was kind of you know, like some of good. these Yeah, that was crazy, right? Like some of these holdouts. I mean, we know what happened with Antonio Brown, that was a little different. Le'Veon Bell, we know what happened with him, he missed the whole season. Melvin Gordon didn't play a whole season. We've seen some of these things go. Um, way further maybe than they should. In kind of the examples you've seen with running backs, which is a much more valuable position, Le'Veon Bell didn't end up getting paid and didn't end up getting a guaranteed contract, but probably got what he would have gotten from the Steelers from the Jets and missed out on a year of playing. Melvin Gordon, we know, completely, completely played himself. And when, when it comes to the safety position, this is why I was saying earlier, Mike, I have two ways of thinking where Jamal Adams is my favorite player on the Jets. He's our best player on the team. Right. By by a uh, to me, a decent margin. I think he's one. I think CJ Mosley might be the second best player that we have on the team. Then maybe Le'Veon Bell third. But if you're the best player and you're a leader and the way you go about your business is what how Mike mentioned, which is to say, hey, you know what? Even though it's just June, it's just june right now we still have june july august then the season starts in september even though we have three months left to negotiate even though historically what happens with these type of things is teams get them done right before the season starts because it gives them leverage during the summer they they can have they know how much money they have in the summer and then before the season starts the team can go oh you know what We're 12 million dollars over the salary cap right now. So that means that even though Jamal Adams makes 5 million dollars this year, we can give him another 6 million, 7 million this year. Now we know we can because the season's about to start. Nothing happened. A left tackle didn't hurt himself. Something huge or catastrophic didn't happen to Sam, which makes you maybe have to make a trade, which you need that salary cap space for. So one of, that's one of the things I think if you go deep into it, which I'm trying to tell Jet fans and people is that most teams don't sign players like this or get things like this done until right before the season starts because they know how much salary cap space they have. They can look at Jamal and say, okay, we have this much space in the salary cap. We can adjust this for you. This this year We can move this much money for you next year and give you, say, however X amount of money guaranteed and spread it out for you to be this impatient in June as if you and your position is at the same level of importance as the McCaffrey is to the Panthers, who on a pie chart makes up 80 percent of everything that they do. Or Patrick Mahomes who won an MVP, then won the Super Bowl. And those are you're using as your examples of guys that, hey man, they're coming up on their fourth year of their deal. They got restructured. I understand that at your position, you're, uh, you rank the positions. You might be the best player at that position, but the position he plays guys, safety, it makes a huge impact on the Jets. I get it. And he makes a huge impact every single week. But where if you rank the positions on a team, when you where you're gonna look where you put your money towards where does that rank safety? You have quarterback. you have defensive ends, you have corners, you have offensive linemen. Then you get into your top your skill position, maybe your your other position defensive players, and you have to put things in perspective. And when players at one position compare themselves to players at another position, and he tried to clarify today and say, oh, I'm just saying, I'm not saying I should get 40 million, but he got paid, etc. Um, to me, it's just, it's not an apples to apples comparison. He tried no. to dig himself out, and he tried, Mike, he tried to, in a way, dig himself out of that hole today, but I don't think he did a great job, is it? You know? And oh. I think if he just waited, if we, if this if season played out the way it normally would, there's no pandemic, no nothing. We get into the summer. The Jets right now, we know, Mike, we still have money above the salary cap.
3: Point. I agree with your point, Keith. The thing is that to oh, compare man. yourself. To McCaffrey and all the and and Garrett and you know Lamar Jackson, every team's cap is different. Every team's yes. situation is right. different. You can't just compare apples to apples to Keith's point. And Joe Douglas said that he was not going to entertain giving him an extension until after the draft. And we are in this pandemic right where we're probably not going to have a lot of fans at the games if there are games where revenue ticket sales is one of the biggest income revenue streams for a team and that's how teams get paid so they may not have cash on hand to in the situation in their financial situation so the jets are saying right now hey man hey we're gonna pay you man we want you to be a jet for life we're gonna pay you well Not right now. And you know what? Guys like uh, uh, Khalil Mack and and other great players, they didn't get their extension in year three. Okay, maybe this guy got it. You know what? I think the contract that McCaffrey signed was stupid on the Panthers part. I thought it was. I don't know why you're paying a running back all this money, you know, right now, early Like It doesn't make any sense to me They didn't have to do that But hey, that's what the Panthers did They decided to do that He is a great player, don't get me wrong And I'm happy he got his money and everything like that I just don't think that contract should have been signed right now They could have waited another year But so be it But like I said, everybody's situation Is different And Jamal is a New York Jet For the next two years Period Do your job Let your agent handle your money and you will get paid. Don't look at everybody else. Look at your situation. That's what I do when I'm at work. I look at my job and what I got to do and what I got to do to get better every day. Right? And how I put food on the table for my family and how I can grow within a professional organization for the organization that pays me. So you have an organization that's paying you. Stop looking around and just do what you got to do to make yourself the best at what you do
0: we love you you're my favorite player jamal my favorite jet i'm pissed please stop it
1: look what do you got to say about it well no i mean you guys up a ton of points and obviously you're you're more in contact with the jets than i am but uh i, I feel like to keep point before he's a young guy and he has every right to express the feelings that he does, but publicly, it's just a bad look all around. It's not a win-win; it's a lose-lose for him. And um, I'm sure if he would have approached the Jets, and this—you know, this was done behind, you know, behind doors—they probably, they might even explain to him what you guys were just talking about. Hey, listen, it's June. Why don't we calm down a bit? We have a pandemic going on right now. Let's see where we're at when the season starts. We got the money there if everything goes well. So why don't we talk about it then? Yeah. Like, I, I just think he's making a lot of mistakes putting putting it out there publicly and, and not just chilling a bit just you know just relax have conversations behind closed doors and get it worked yeah. out
2: yeah you know look and there's this fine line I want to walk here because social media is to our show if you want to drive or if you want to have anything in the world of entertainment now or if you want to have a podcast if you want to have a radio show if you want to have a television show anything of that nature even athletes you go to business um, social media drives so much of what we all do nowadays, and I, I, I'm not someone who's against social media, obviously, you know, ABG's all over social media, don't get me wrong, but there's aspects of social media, there's aspects of, when, when it comes to how athletes, younger athletes nowadays seem to communicate, I think it's very similar to how a lot of young people nowadays communicate, because they were raised in the world of social media, I wasn't so I'm not right. someone that's I'm not necessarily someone that's all over social media or putting my life on there. I don't judge anyone who is, but other people are. And other people will kind of raise that wave from when they're younger. Um, they think something, they feel something, they tweet it out, they put it on Instagram, they put it on Facebook. I don't know if you know that's you know w- whatever the case may be, and you know nothing's wrong with that, you know, and that's fine if people want to share their life like that. or people want to be emotional and tweet something out, um, but it's proven we have a long track record with many people when it comes to. Famous people, when it comes to athletes, when it comes to politicians, pro- like I have proved, social media can sometimes be your worst enemy. And with certain right. people, if you're a very emotional person who's very reactive, which you guys know, that's the type of person that I am as a human being, right? I'm not the type of person that should have my finger on Twitter every second because I might say something stupid that I don't. Then that that I said that an hour later, I'm like, damn, you know, I wish I didn't say that, you know. And I feel like a lot of human beings are like that. And when it comes to this situation with Jamal Adams and kind of how he's gone about handling Mike, like, me and Mike agree. I don't, I don't think any Jets fan disagrees that whatever Jamal Adams in the NFL say, – you say, guys, you know how you, you look up what like your Kelly Blue Book value is? Yeah. And you can, like, right. see exactly what your car is? Whatever Jamal Adams deserves to get and should get in the NFL, whatever it is, he should get. He should get as much money as possible, and if the Jets can give it to him, that's fine. But – what you also have to do is have some perspective, right? Yep. Like some yeah, a bit absolutely. of perspective in your mind where you're like, all right, look, we're in June. There's a pandemic. Let's see what the hell happens with the NFL first. Let's see if we're going to play. Let's see how the summer plays out with the Jets as they get closer to the season. It's you know, just, you that- know
3: what? It's just part of me. It's just I'm, I'm, I'm just so just so fed up with it, man. Keith, I just want the Jets to just kick everyone's ass, man. I'm just tired of all of it. I'm tired of the circuses. And I'm, I'm just tired of the negative comments. I'm just tired of the Sam Darnold disrespect, the Adam Gase. And, and and Jamal Adams is like one of our stars. He's the best safety in the NFL. He's ours. And it's like every time we find some sort of hill to stand on, it just gets ripped apart. Even Jarrell yeah. Oh, I I'm know. tired of it, man. Oh, I know. And I'm sorry like, to like- come out here like so freaking angry, but I'm just like, I was hoping this would just like go away. Like, yo, just play. And it won't. And it's like, you know what, man? You know, uh, uh Joe Douglas, this is now your test. You know, you did you did the draft. Great, great job. You know, I'm really happy with the draft. Uh I'm I'm happy with the free agency. I like what you're doing. This is now your biggest test, and you don't blink. Do not blink. You hold. You have all the leverage, you do what's best for the Jets. If we trade him away, the Jets get worse. And don't just get worse next year, they get worse for the future. You do not trade him, you hold firm, unless it's for a mega deal, like you said before, Keith, like three first rounds, I know that's Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying. No, I know what you mean. You hold firm, and if he wants to hold out, okay. You're only going to kill your own value if you decide to hold that. Yeah, you put
2: yourself into a bad spot because, I mean, this year the Jets have him under contract and next year the Jets have him under contract. So he doesn't have the most leverage aside from pouting, which he's done. And I I think this is kind of what I'm getting at is like I don't know how how advantageous it is for the position you are in when it comes to negotiations to go about business like this because it hasn't ceased to work for anybody At all. All these different guys that historically have gone this route and stomped their feet and said, I want what I want. I mean, think about this. All the other people in the history of the mankind in any sport that have ever held out and gone up and had a situation like Jamal Adams, none of those guys were doing it during an epidemic taking over the entire planet of Earth. So when you kind of don't have that perspective even, when you're so far removed from being like, wait a minute, this is what's going on on the planet, and he could say that is or isn't, he could say that's complete BS, other people got signed, whatever he wants, I get it, but when it comes to being a Jet fan and all the type of stuff that we have happened to us, it's like, you know, we all have a friend, or maybe even people listening right now know what this feels like, that you know, you keep going through bad relationships, and you think, oh, well, this one, this Jamal Adams one, this is working out, this, this is great. Um, it just, it just seems like the Jets can never catch a break with guys, even the guys that are great. I mean, Revis played most of his career, a couple holdouts, but Revis, he had statements to the media, don't get me wrong, but he basically kept a lot of this stuff to himself and kind of let his agent handle it and kind of didn't really have a lot of quotes for the media. Um, that seems, for a lot of guys, that's the best way to go, but hey, it's 2020. Players have a, have a voice they don't have to use the media to say what they want to say, they can do it directly now through social media, so the appeal of that, I understand, is great, but to Jet fans, when you root for the squad, and you love the Jets, and you say you have a podcast, and Jamal Adams is your dude, and it's only June, and you just see somebody who's just like, oh man, I'm not getting my money, maybe I should get the hell out of here, here's the teams I want, I'm demanding a trade in this and that, like, dude, I hate to say this. Jamal Adams has built himself into last year. He's an all-pro now. But you don't make the Hall of Fame in three years. Right. right. you you played three years in the NFL, and I get it, bro. You're the best player as a position. I think you're the best safety in the league. Yeah. But to act like you should have the clout that a McCaffrey or a Mahomes have at their specific location, in their situation, McCaffrey is the entire... Offense of the Carolina Panthers and Mahomes. Forget about it. We don't even got to talk about Mahomes. Mahomes and Lamar Jackson are like in their own stratosphere, right, guys? So, oh, yeah. like, to think. Oh, well, look at them. I'm not saying I should get what they get, but I'm I'm that level of this It's just like, it's like, come on, man. Like, I'm gonna I'm we- gonna
3: I'm gonna say something, and uh, I, I don't know I don't if <laughs> Jamal Adams listens to our show or not, but uh, Jamal, you said that you were so impressed with the last dance and that you pattern your game and your attitude like the way Michael Jordan did. Let me tell you something about Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan was drafted number 3 overall to the Chicago Bulls. Do you know how bad the Chicago Bulls were in 1984? They were the wor- they were worse in Chicago than the Jets were in New York by a mile. No one knew who they were. They didn't win anything. Okay. And when Michael got there, he wanted to make the Chicago Bulls as great as the Lakers. He owned it. He wanted the Bulls and he worked harder than he got there and he immediately tried to become the best player on that team and willed himself to dominate the NBA and make the Chicago. He was a bull. Okay, you came to the Jets and you definitely did will yourself to become the best safety in the National Football League. But you're not a Jet or you don't really want to be a Jet. I don't see it. I don't see you bleeding that green and white. Wanting the Jets to become one of the greatest NFL franchises in the sport. What you care about is you. That's what I see.
2: Yeah. And when you get to the first impasse of a relationship in real life or when it comes to business the very first time you and whatever your business relationship is whether it's a partner whether it's a co-worker whether it's someone you're doing business for or someone you're trying to have hire you you get to that first impasse and you see how somebody actually reacts in that situation that's when you kind of sort of get a better gauge on somebody's true colors I've always. And, I, and I've, I'm not
3: saying that you can't take care of yourself Or you shouldn't want you to make sure you No, no, no That's no. not what I'm saying at all So please don't be like Well, the franchises only care about themselves Understood, understood But w- the fact that it came out That there are teams that you're willing to go to That you don't need to sign an extension And the Jets have to sign an extension That doesn't sit well well,
2: yeah, and that's that's what I'm saying, is that the fact that you come to, the, come to this first situation where you've played three seasons, you have two years left on your contract, so 40% of your contract is left to play, right. and you say, I want more money, and all these other guys are paid more than me, and the Jets go, dude, you're right, give me some time, we're gonna figure it out, they didn't just say that behind the scenes, they said that publicly. Right. So if the yeah. Jets then, if the Jets then don't go fulfill that promise and start the season, Jamal Adams doesn't get a single dollar more. How do the Jets look? When well, we're talking about the last dance and the fact that he liked the last dance and you'll he thought he's Patterson's game after MJ. Let me, let me make one point about the last dance. If you did watch it was one of the things Michael Jordan was the most upset about was one of his teammates, which he thought was Horace Grant ratting out personal information about the team to a reporter. Putting information, putting business about this team, stuff that no one else should know about, putting it out into the public. Michael Jordan, if there was Twitter in 1995, 96, 97, 98, he wouldn't be on Twitter complaining about Jerry Krause. Right. right? Like, Michael Jordan, that was a whole ten minutes of the show, was how mad he was that anybody was talking about any personal business about the Bulls publicly. Because when he got asked about his contract... For the entire time he played in the NBA, Michael was either no comment. We'll figure it out. We'll talk about it in the offseason. So if that's the dude you're talking about patterning your game after, but the only part of his game you're, you're, you're kind of molding yourself behind is just how he was on the court. You got to look at the big picture, bro. Right. Michael, Michael Jordan was a great player, not just because of how good he was on the court. It's because of a variety of reasons how he handled He wanted, off to, off. Win. He and wanted also, to win. He wanted to He was so, the bull stunk. For eight years till they won Michael right. Jordan didn't go through his first contract and go give me more money or I'm out so I mean that's not that might not be the best example for you to say you're patterning yourself after because if you go side by side of how you've gone about your business or say you know, Michael's career in the NBA and then how you've handled your business in the past six months not the same thing completely different ways of approaching business and contracts and just being a professional and like when I say that It's just its such a bad look to me for us to all know. Here's all these teams I'd go to, and if the Jets don't give me an extension, whatever, but I'll go play for these contenders, as if the Jets don't mean shit to Jamal Adams. So if you're a Jets fan, you you hear us all angry, maybe a little more angry than ever before. It's because, look, I love Jamal Adams, don't get me wrong, but there's 53 dudes that put the uniform on and that I watch every Sunday. I've been watching the Jets... I went to a... My mom was at a Jet game at Shea Stadium before I was born. My my Jet fandom predates my birth. So, (laughs) when I'm talking about the Jets, like, I've rooted for thousands of players. And when you turn on the fans or the media and you say, Oh, you guys are... You want me to get my money, but you're mad because I'm going to battle like this. It's like, dude, I root for the Jets. That's the team that I root for. Jamal Adams, you're my favorite player on the squad. You're the best guy we have. But... If how you're going about your business in any way, say I had a crystal ball and I could look at it and go, damn, the way he's doing this, this is going to be detrimental for us as a whole to Sam getting re-signed, whatever the case may be. If you're hurting the Jets being better, then I can't be in your corner. It's not about you. It's not about one guy. It's not about one player. It never has been. No NFL team is. No NFL team that's ever won the Super Bowl ever been about one guy. Even the great dynasties, go look at them. Tons of great players. and that's what I don't get about the approach and why, going about it that way. If you do it behind the scenes, which I'm sure plenty of players have, and you have your agent handle it, and you don't really go in the public, no one knows, no one cares. doesn't affect you. When you go on Twitter and you're like, hey, world, here's my emotions. Yeah. Here's all no, of my, I got. I got family members. You know, I got family members. Here's my emotions all the time. Let me share every second of my life with the entire world all yeah. the time. Even when you're somebody, bro, you're not, like, working at the garbage department, you know, in Spokane, Washington, bro. You have one of the most high-profile high jobs in the in the country. Yeah. So when you people like that go, oh, I'm so mad about this. You know what? I'm not getting what I want. Three months of the season target, But if they don't give me what I want right now, if they don't give me what I want right now, trade me. I mean, what? Are we, really? That's yeah, how uh, – I mean, yeah. yo, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's what I, like, I'm so dumbfounded. Yes. It's like – Jamal Adams seems so mature on the field. Seems like such a leader. Seems so smart. And then I'm looking at this today. I'm like, what? Like, are you are you <laughs> kidding me, dude?
3: Like, what are we talking about? Like, like I'll say, I got family members. One in particular that if something goes wrong in her day, the world knows.
0: Oh, I can't believe Sally Sue dumped something on my lawn. Can you believe she did that? Or, or, or. What are you doing I mean
3: we all have enemies all of us have enemies and you know what you want to do with enemies you don't want to give them information and people who are very successful like Jamal Adams the more you share you give more of your enemies data that's not good keep your family and personal business to yourself man and again, I want you to get paid. I want you to. I want Jamal Adams to be the highest paid safety in the NFL. I want him to have the greatest career, any safety, And I want him to be a Jet forever. But this is not helping us, the Jets. And if you're not going to be part of the team and hurt the team, like he said, then I can't be in your corner. I can't support you, man. And I'm really frustrated because it's like forever since we drafted a guy like Jamal Adams and then this has to happen. It never fails with this team or some type of situation. I, I I wish we could get like a DeBricka Shaw Ferguson or a guy like Nick Mangold who was able to produce quietly and efficiently and then go into their contracts and negotiate them long-term and we never heard a damn peep about those guys. And those guys go so underrated, you know? But of course... With the with Darrell Revises, the Jamal Adams, blah blah blah. You know we got all types of stuff. So, uh, look, man, just can we just play the season if we're gonna have the season, and just go beat the damn Bills on in, uh, September in the beginning of September, please? Can can we just yeah. do
0: that? That's yeah. all I want. Just beat the damn Bills on uh, the opening day, please. And can yeah. we just go? I don't want to hear this stuff.
2: The second he gets what he wants, he'll have a jet hat on at the press conference and be smiling and say, Oh, I never wanted to go anywhere. I never wanted to leave the Jets. I had no intention of like that's what always happens, you know, every single time a team goes through this with a player. And it'll get worked out. It's just the way he's going about it to me, bro, it just uh it's Let's just to me just Wookie. not a good look.
3: Let's ask Wookie. Let's ask Wookie. Hey, look. Okay. Next year, you want to make Saquon Barkley the highest-paid running back in the league next year, right away?
1: No, why? Just I don't know. I'm, no, I'm, no, I no. I and I agree with you, Mike. It's the same. It would be the same principle. Would he? Would he deserve it? I, I guess. But you can't. You can't just continue to bend because then everybody yep. continually right. asks for the same thing, and then every organization has to do it. it, it, it at some point, you gotta be like, look. We're going to handle this when we're ready to, but let's talk about it instead of putting it out there so everybody knows what's going on. And
2: right. also, let me throw this at everyone. The mentor of the Mountain Joe Douglas was Ozzie Newsome. Ozzie Newsome, when it came to the Ravens and contracts and things of that nature, he did not budge. Ozzie right. Newsom was like, here's what you're worth. Here's the position you play. Here's what the best players get paid at this position, and we're going to pay you this. Like Jamal Adams saying, no, I want to be the highest paid player on the Jets just because, you know, like they had to pay a lot of extra money to get TJ Mosley. probably overpaid. I get it. He makes a lot of money, $17 million. but you're not going to make $18 million playing safety. That, that's no. not going to happen. So you have to understand. All right, well, here's my ceiling. All right, at least give me what the ceiling is. And it's just the way that Joe Douglas is trying, I think, to set a precedent is, look, if you have a five year deal, we're not going to negotiate after the third year because if I do that, I have to do that for every single other first-round pick that we sign. Perfect. And you're if right. everyone else, if you don't think yep. about that as a Jets fan, just if it, if you're a business person and you're listening, you'll well, that makes sense. You know, if if sixty percent of the way into different contracts, you re-sign a contract. You're not going to get anywhere as a business. And, and no.
3: uh, actually, right now, the Jets currently have $25 million in sal- salary cap, according to OverTheCap.com, as of today, because they got the relief from – do you know why? Um, they got the relief from Tremaine Johnson uh, because of the new CBA or the way they structured the new um, proposal um, with the league and the players' union. They were able to restructure Tremaine's money, and they only, his money only counted $4 million against the cap this year and $8 million next year. So that freed up a bunch of money, so they have got they got $25 million now.
2: So yeah. they have the money, right? So they, they have, have enough money where they could give Jamal Adams a big raise, but what they have to do is wait and see what happens in the offseason because you never know. Like, if Sam blows his ACL out and then they have to trade for a quarterback, that's quarterbacks in a court. For instance, right, they go and they trade for Jameis Winston. They trade they they sign Cam Newton. That's gonna cost twelve million dollars. Yeah. That's gonna cost fifteen oh, yeah. million dollars. And you know, Jamal Adams is a pressing concern on Jets fans' minds. And we always say, Mike, no matter what, even in the offseason, even in kind of like the dead periods of the NFL like right now, something always pops up, doesn't it? Something no, will always, always pop always up, something. no matter what. We'll sign someone like we signed Joe Flacco. Um, we understand that we're getting together an interview with Joe Flacco that will air soon. That'll be tremendous from down there in Los Huevos. But there's always something that pops up, Mike. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, but this I is another we gotta, one. We
3: got a we got we got the Sam summit coming up. Yeah. Can't wait to get that one
2: out. We're gonna talk with the guys from uh, Weapon Tot, Kevin and CJ again. We're gonna get into Sam. This one's in the books, fellas. That's what we have that's all oh, we yeah. have for you this week. Thank you all for joining us. Michael, and if anyone does want to support us, tweet at us, get at us in any way, shape or form, where could they do that?
3: Well, you were hosted on SoundCloud on, on the Lead Sports Radio Network. You can find us on iTunes, iHeartRadio, uh, Apple. You can follow us on Facebook at AEBG.justRadio, on Twitter at AEBG underscore NYJ podcast and on Instagram at jet.aebg. You heard
2: the man on behalf of the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas and the big, stinking Wookiee, Nicholas Kronk. My name is Keith Farrell. Thank you for joining us, everybody. Peace out.
0: Hey, this is John Amos, and uh, they say it ain't easy being green. Are you ready? Can't wait. The New York Jets you beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next summer, green. The
1: New York Jets. I think Jet fans. Jet fans. Jet fans, jet fans. Jet fans. Bird Bird. He's very passionate Bird.
0: Bird. thank you all you fans. they got their guy Arnold falling to the jet. Sam Arnold Darnold. such an upside
1: Darnold. I don't think Jeff Andrew passionate
0: pretty call on a number leave